Hi, this is Jessalyn Etchell, and you're listening to my podcast, Wildish Wise Women, Conversations with Everyday Goddesses. In this series, I interview my favorite women on their topics of passion in an effort to connect us so that we remember that women supporting women is our greatest strength. I want to live in a world where women build each other up instead of tear each other down. And this podcast, in addition to the in-person women's circles I lead, are my offering towards this vision. Thanks so much for listening. Today I am talking to Kelly Curtin. She is a Bay Area native and she currently teaches Montessori Middle School. She has a bachelor's in arts education and a master's in special education. While she's been teaching for the past six years, a year ago, she opened up From the Earth Apothecary, which is a small business that makes organic herbal self-care products. She's also a pit bull lover and advocate, and today she's going to talk to us about herbal medicine and all the things that she knows about Mother Earth and her plants. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm super excited. All right, well, before we launch into this topic, and I've already been the benefactor of Kelly's wisdom, so I can't wait to to learn some more things today. She co-led a goddess circle with me where she shared on this topic, so I'm super excited because I know how passionate she is. But let's just take a moment to connect, so you and I, Kelly, and then anyone else that's listening, just maybe close your eyes and we'll take a few deep breaths together. So take an inhale through the nose. And exhale out the mouth. And again, an inhale. And exhale. Last one. May each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. May each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. Kelly, what's your favorite thing about being a woman? I love that you always ask this question. Um, I love being a woman and I, I don't know if I could pick my one favorite thing, but I think as a woman, I feel very connected to the earth, to Mother Earth, right? I think of Earth as a mother, and so me being a woman um, makes me connect to that very much so, and just being able, the possibility of being able to create life, and I don't know. I love that. All right. Well, that's perfect for our topic today, for sure. <laughs> I would really love for us to start because I think it's wonderful for listeners and for myself to connect to the story of it. Just tell me a little bit about your, like your plant story. Why, why plants? Why herbal medicine? How did you, how did that sort of unfold in your world? Yeah, great question. Um, Growing up, I, I kind of lived sort of in many ways the opposite life that I live now. We very, My family very much was like a meat and potatoes family, quite conventional, uh, except for my grandmother on my mother's side. So she was always kind of very like hippy dippy. Um, and I remember being young and thinking that she was kind of silly. Um, 
and she, but she lived in Santa Cruz and she was always going to these holistic practitioners and doing yoga and eating really healthy food and juicing and taking supplements and all these things that I didn't really understand. Uh, but as I grew older, I kind of loved it and thrived off of it and loved learning from her. And so she kind of was my starting point for all of it. Um, and then when I went to college, I got really into a plant-based diet and really cared a lot about what I put into my body, eating that way um, and being connected to the earth through that. But then I realized food wasn't the only thing that I should care about. There were other things too. Um, and so it kind of spiraled out from there, just learning about um you know, from anything from plant-based medicine to herbal cleaning products and teas and foods and just everything um, kind of became a huge passion of mine, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. And it's so funny how sometimes what we reject when we're younger is the direction that we end up going in the end. <laughs> yeah. My mom and I talk about it all the time now. Like, all I say, remember when we, you know, thought it was silly that grandma did that or whatever? And now she and I are, you know, always asking her for advice and talking to her about it and interested in everything she was interested in and then some, I think. So it is funny how that works. Yeah. And it sounds like it very much was an unfolding of your evolution as a woman, too, going from caring about what you're putting in your body to what was on your body and around you and all the different ways that that kind of has an impact on you and the earth. Very much so. And the best part is it's still happening, too. So I feel like every day, you know, there's something new that I think about or learn about. and It's fun. Oh, yeah. It's, that's that's <laughs> Never the best thought. part of life to me. If we learned it all, like, what's the point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love for you just to unpack what herbal medicine is for people listening in case that is a new concept. And I'm sure there's various definitions, but what does herbal medicine mean to you? Oh, yeah, that's a wonderful question. Uh, herbal medicine to me is using the earth and plants and all of the wonderful things around us to help heal ourselves. Um, I like to think of everything as medicine. Uh, a lot of times people will say, you know, oh, I've never tried herbal medicine. And I'll say to them, like, have you ever had tea? You know, they usually, of course, say yes. And then I'll say, well, then you have. You make herbal medicine all the time if you drink tea. So it can be as simple as something like a tea or a herbal foot bath. Um, or, you know, it can kind of increase up with potency or with different things like by trying a tincture or something like that. So is your aim to find stuff locally sourced and, and how do you go about doing that? Yes. Yeah. So you, of course, you know, nowadays in our modern world, you can get pretty much any herb from anywhere on the globe. Um, and while there are some things that I might order, generally I'm using things that are right here. So I grow a lot of my own herbs in my urban garden here in my pretty small little backyard. Um, and then my mom actually lives about an hour away from me. She has a pretty large garden and so she'll grow lots of things there for me or we'll grow them together. Um, but I get things from farmer's markets and anytime doing things like wild crafting, which I don't really know tons about, so I don't really do a lot of it, but I'm trying to learn more about it. Um, and so those books are all specific here to um, the West Coast or the Pacific Northwest, um, depending on where I am. But um, the more local your medicine is, the better it's going to be for you. So. Mm. Yeah, you had a sweet little saying about yes. where to get your herbs. Will you say that for us? Yeah, uh, one of my herbal teachers said the best medicine is the medicine you grow in your own garden. The second best medicine is the medicine you grow in a friend or family member's garden. So it's kind of just you want to get it from something that's connected to you, connected to your earth that you have the connection to, and that's going to be the most powerful for you and your healing. Wow, I love that. 
Me too. <laughs> I love that too. I'm glad you reminded me about that. Yeah, that was a sweet one. So tell me a little bit more about that whole concept of just connecting with what's near you or what's connected to you, you know, via a friend and why that would have the best impact, I guess, just from your own perspective or anything that you've learned along the way. Yeah. So when I first started getting into herbs and plant-based healing, a lot of, you know, what we know, of course, is we can get supplements from the health food store, which are great, right? That's a great way to be introduced to it. So say, for example, someone might want, um, you know, a capsule of St. John's wort or maybe a capsule of valerian or something like that. And so you can go to the health food store, order it online and take a capsule and that might help you. Um, And that's a great introduction. But a lot of times you don't necessarily know much about that plant, right? So for one, it's grounded up. Um, So when something's grounded up and kind of um, open to the air, that starts to lose its potency quicker. So it might have been grounded up. Maybe it was grounded up a month ago. Maybe it was grounded up a year ago. Who knows? And then it's been sitting in your shelf, right? Maybe it's been there for a couple years. Um, And so it's not this vibrant, rich plant matter that it once was connected to life. And so when you're growing something or when you get something local from the farmer's market or maybe, you know, your local grocery store or something like that, and you're actually connected to that plant, um, it's more potent because one, it was alive more recently and it's something that you grew and you were connected to. Um, and then especially if you even can make it yourself, right, that's even another level. Um, and so there's kind of all these different layers that you can look into, but one, it's about like getting quality plants. Um, and the best way to know you have a quality plant is to either grow it yourself or to know the person who has grown it. Wow. It's Almost what you're describing to me is that there's a connection in terms of like a two-way relationship between you and this plant matter. Yes, very much so. Yeah, like you're you're asking for its wisdom to heal you and in turn you're cultivating it and creating it in a loving way. Yes, there's something about the process. Right. So if I go into my backyard and say, you know, I have skullcap um, and then I harvest it, I dry it and then I make it into a tea. There's just something about that that can't be beat than if I just got like a skullcap capsule from Amazon or something. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, right. no, it's a very good point. And I think yeah. that we, you know, as you're talking about the layers unfolding of your learning and um, just in your own journey and then anyone else that's listening. I mean, we just sometimes don't take into consideration these things until we have an aha moment or it gets pointed out to us. But when you say it like this, it sounds so simple. Of course (laughs) you would want to have this connection to the plant and go through the process of bringing it into your world in a therapeutic manner. Yes. And it's, it's true. It really is this unfolding because, you know, for a while I did just, you know, buy things at Whole Foods or the health food store. And to be honest, I still do that sometimes, right? Like I don't grow everything or I can't find everything here. So that's not a bad thing to do. It's a wonderful thing to do, but it's just, as you learn more and as you're going deeper, you know, you realize, oh, I have these other options or there's this other way for me to get it. That might be better. And not only for you personally, the person taking it, but for the earth as well, because, you know, of course, anything that you get local or that you can grow yourself is going to be better um, for you and the environment than shipping it across the world. So that also nice. Yeah. And thanks for saying that because we're all householders and it's not like we can just be in the garden all day long and we don't have (laughs) land. And yeah, so the times have changed, but I think what you're describing is going back to what the original way of harvesting plants would have been like. Mm -hmm. 
just yeah. returning back as best as we can with our jobs and our patios. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do what you can. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's talk about that because if someone has a, a desire to just dive in a little bit and maybe they don't know a ton, you mentioned tea might be the easiest place to start, it sounds yeah. like, but what are some other ways to incorporate herbal medicine into your life? Um, yeah, that's so one way that I always recommend to people when they're interested, because I feel oftentimes when I talk to someone who's open to hearing this information, they're very interested and they want to learn more right away, which is great. That's how I felt. Um, and so I always recommend books. There's books that are really helpful. Um, there's Herbal Healing for Women, which is probably my favorite book. That's by Rosemary Gladstar, who's kind of known as like the godmother of herbalism here in the United States. Um, she's wonderful. And then there's also the Herbal Medicine Makers Handbook, um, and that one's by James Green. So I love those, um, just as introductions, but also tea. Like you said, if you're just wanting to get right in and just try the medicine, I think tea is definitely the number one way to go. Um, but there's other ways that I like to use water as well, like herbal foot baths or herbal baths just in general can be really wonderful for self-care. And I think we often don't think of that as medicine, but I really think that it is. Um, so if you take a nice bath with some sage and peppermint or some essential oils, that's going to heal you and your soul. So, um, Water and baths are probably the best entry point. But of course, you can get capsules. Like I said at the store, you can even make your own capsules if you wanted to. Um, or infused oils are also my favorite. Um, so like infusing a nice sweet almond oil with rose petals and chamomile, that's good stuff. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds lovely. Speaking <laughs> of myself right now that I'm looking at, which is why I just thought of that one. But Yeah, so is your, is your house always kind of in... Uh, various stages of development with all these little tinctures and potions and things that you make? Yes. Yeah, so my house and my backyard too, because for example, so like um, oil infusions, they really enjoy the sun. They need like heat to infuse. Okay. Um, and so right now, like my back patio is lined the little cement air is just like lined with a bunch of um jars of infused oils and last night was the full moon so they got to soak up all that goodness which was Ooh, yes and it's an intense one i was feeling yes. I, I was up all night which is really I unusual I saw for your me post this morning yep <laughs> oh that's so cool so Oh, and I, I said this before we started recording the call, but I my little routine has involved one of your products as well. Each morning when I do my meditation, I have your facial, your rose facial mist that I like to spray after my meditation. It's so lovely. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I love that one, too. It's one yeah. of, that one does well. Yeah, it smells really nice. That's one thing that I would love for you to talk a little bit about is the, like, sort of ceremonious part of this or, or the ceremonial I mean maybe this isn't how you approach it but I would imagine that there could be an aspect of creating all of this that's like ceremony when you're creating your tinctures and you're I mean is there like a prayer or do you ask for something or what's the process for you to connect 
Yeah, I I don't necessarily have one specific thing that I do every single time, but it's definitely, I consider it to be a sacred act. And it's definitely a ceremony when, for example, if I'm harvesting plants in the backyard, you know, I don't just go out there with scissors and chop them off and run inside, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a process and it's a give and a take. So a lot of times I'll also offer things to plants when I'm harvesting them or taking things. Maybe um, it's, for example, like oftentimes I'll make tea and then with that leftover tea, because I'll use loose leaf tea, I don't just toss it. I'll go and I'll give it back to my plants. So I might leave that there as I harvest something um, just to kind of give that back to them. Um, and then, of course, you know, I you sit with the plants and you talk to the plants and you love them and say thank you when you take things from them um, and thank you for their medicine and thank you for their gifts and then tend to them to care for them. So um, that's definitely a huge part of it. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think that that goes back to what many of us did as a school experiment. If we didn't do it, we probably knew someone who did, where you have two plants and you say really nice things to one or sing to one, and then you say mean things to the other. Yes, it's so true. It makes a huge difference. And a lot of times I, you know, it's not just for them too, it's for me. Like just going out and sitting in my garden and just being with the plants is one of the best things I could do to lift my spirit and lift my mood. That's wonderful. Yeah, again, there's that two-way relationship. (laughs) Very much so. Yeah, so cool. Well, I really love your take on this and I would like to shift gears into this idea because when you brought it up, I, I was just Again, one of those things where I went, whoa, that totally makes sense, but I just didn't think of it like that. So you talk about the ways in which herbal medicine and using plants for healing can be a form of activism. Yes. So tell me more about that. Yeah, this, as you mentioned before, it's kind of an unfolding of my journey. And so this kind of similar to what you just said, I think was a big moment of awakening for me too. Um, and But it's part of why I love herbal medicine so much and part of why I've recently in the past few years made it such a bigger part of my life. Um, sometimes it feels... I feel, I don't know, I feel like the word activism is thrown around a lot, right? And there's lots of different ways to be an activist, but sometimes it feels hard to be, or it feels like you can't be in the same capacity as other people, or I see people who I admire, and for whatever reason, I feel like I can't do that, or I'm not willing to do that at the moment, or whatever it is. But for me, practicing herbal medicine is a form of activism. Um, I feel like it's fight, it's fighting against capitalism in many ways, but really it's just consumerism. So I have the power now to make things on my own um, or to make things for my friends and family. And I don't have to necessarily go buy every single thing. Um, And that can be like against the pharmaceutical industry, but even smaller, for example, I don't necessarily have to go buy tea, right? Because I make it on my own. And so Maybe activism isn't the right word. I don't know. Maybe that's too bold of a word. But I I do think it's a small way to peacefully push back kind of against our capitalistic and consumer society that just wants us to buy, buy, buy. Um, Yeah. I like it. No, I think if it's, I mean, if it's activism, I, I think activism takes many forms. And if that's what it feels like to you, then I think that's fantastic. And it's a... A good way to feel, I guess the word empowered comes to mind for me because you, you get to take that back. You know, I don't have to have 
the store is providing everything for me. I can make some of my own things. There's a just a real sweetness about being able to take care of your basic needs without needing help. Yep. There's also a um, wonderful community of herbalists on social media now. So you can find like on Instagram is where I follow a lot of them, but there's, you know, lots of blogs and different websites online, but there's a large group of indigenous herbalists who their kind of uh, hashtag is decolonize your medicine. And so that is not, that is something that I find really intriguing and wonderful. And so I follow a lot of them online. And so just kind of talking about that idea, which obviously is something that I can't necessarily talk about, but they can. And so it's interesting to follow their journey and hear that. Yeah, wonderful. I'll link all these references. In fact, I picked up the herbal healing for women after the circle that you um, that we led together. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah. So I think that goes back to this idea that, I mean, this is original medicine that we're talking about right here. Yes. So some of it is just going back to the way that it was. And I think that in and of itself is a, is a fighting back against where the world is heading mm-hmm. in, in this area place like you said where it's all about buying and it's all about um you didn't mention this but when you said um big pharma it's all about you know fixing symptoms and and curing people by just giving them medication instead of treating the root cause yes and it forces us really to slow down which another thing especially you and i living in silicon valley right is you know i it's, we don't live in a culture that encourages us to slow down. It's speed up, do this faster, do this now, okay, meet this deadline. And it's hard to push back against that. But I think if I sit down and I make a tincture or if I sit down and I make an oil, right, I have to wait weeks for mm-hmm. that to finish, you know, and I, if uh-huh. I the plants by myself or maybe I go to the farmer's market and I meet the farmer and I get that right it's not a slow process I get the plants and then I prepare the plants and then I can them or put them in the jar however I'm doing that you know and then I wait um and then when I take it right I it's not gonna necessarily work as fast as if I just took that pill that I could get from the doctor and so and I have to be okay with that um and that's that's not necessarily quote unquote normal in our society, right? To just wait and have it take that time. So um, I think the slowing down and going back to our roots is a huge part of it. And earlier when you asked me what is my favorite part about being a woman, I think this is all connected with it too, because we're connecting with what our ancestors did. And this is what many women did, right? This is what all women did, right? This is how they healed their children or themselves is they used plants and it, didn't necessarily work right away it wasn't this instant piece it's something that they did and it was a love and I just I love that connection Woo! preach I love it <laughs> yeah a woman um well that leads me to a next really good question which you already started to sort of answer but gosh that was a beautiful little soapbox I loved that <laughs> Kelly <laughs> I can see you, you like stepped up on there and you're like, let me say this for a minute. Okay, done. <laughs> so beautiful. Tell me what, what the importance um, for women is here. Maybe not just the importance of connecting, but then also what are the specific benefits for women um, just since the podcast is targeted towards ladies? Yes, of course. Um, so I already mentioned Rosemary Gladstar's book, which uh, she does a wonderful job, much better than I could ever answer of talking about so many things specific to women. Um, but as 
as I already kind of said before, this is how women cared for themselves uh, for most of the time. Right. And so she does a wonderful job in the book. She breaks it up into um, childbearing years and then post childbearing years. So there's it's interesting. I read this book originally for myself. Right. So just learning about kind of day to day care uh, for a young woman. But I have women in my family now who are going through menopause and they, you know, have asked me questions. Now, I think at first some people were like, oh, what is Kelly doing? Like kind of whipping up these potions in her kitchen. <laughs> I don't trust any of these things. You know, maybe they would try tea, but other things they weren't really interested in. Uh-huh. Um, but after kind of struggling through menopause or other things as well, but I, you know, I was able to say, well, you know, let's look at this book. And we kind of went through and they were willing to try some things. And so I made some things that I wouldn't necessarily use, but were for other women in my life. And, um, you know, they use them and have really enjoyed them. And so I've enjoyed sharing that with them. But um, sorry, I kind of got off the original question. No, but, that's perfect. It's good. It's all related. Um, but this is how we cared for ourselves for so many years. And this is, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to say the natural way, but it is. It is the natural way to love and care for ourselves. And it's also based in community. The way that I've learned through about herbalism is through other women um, and sitting in circle with other women who have taught me and we've worked together and made things together and it's really beautiful, sacred act. Um, and I couldn't imagine knowing anything. I mean, I wouldn't know anything that I know about herbalism now if it weren't for working with other women and other women showing me the way. Um, and that's part of what makes me love it so much. And I didn't realize that when I first got into it, you know, like I read a few books or read some articles online and thought, okay, you know, this is great. And then I wanted to learn more. So I wanted to learn from people who are doing it. Um, because as much as you can learn wonderful things from a book, you know, you also want to get hands on. And so I looked up different herbalism workshops or local herbalists and kind of reached out to them. And it opened my eyes to this world, you know, that I never knew about. And that was never really a part of my life before, but of um, being with women and learning to do things and make things. And now I get to do that more. You're one of those wonderful women. So thank you, Jocelyn. But it's been really beautiful. So I love that. That's wonderful. So there's this element of sisterhood and connection that you didn't even know you were getting. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Another way in which Mother Earth is providing for you, it seems. So true. So true. Yeah, I love that. Well, those were the questions that I had for you, and I'm so grateful to hear your take. I'm curious if there's anything that I didn't ask or if there's just anything that you feel compelled to share um, to make uh, this time together complete. Um, oh, wow. Let's see. Oh, the only other thing that I'll add um, is we were just talking about making connection with other women. And mm-hmm. one, way I, one way I've done that is through, you know, just learning about herbalism. Like I said, going through workshops. <laughs> that was just my dog coughing. People probably heard that. Um, oh, no worries. <laughs> going to other workshops and things. But since starting from the earth, um, and getting involved, I sell on Etsy, and then I also do local markets and things like that. And that's another way where I've made such wonderful connections with people in ways I would have never thought. Just um, local makers, and there's many just wonderful, cool people that I've met through that. And so that's another way that I found connection. And so I think if you're someone 
listening to this and you like to make things, not necessarily herbal medicine, it could be that, but it could be anything else is just get out there and try it because there's so many wonderful people who are willing to support you. And um, it's just been a really wonderful experience for me. So that's great. Yeah. And I'll have all the links to get to from the Earth Apothecary. She's got the Etsy store and her social media. I always have fun watching that unfold. You do lots of neat things and just share your process and um, I think if you're local to San Jose and even just the Bay Area, the greater Bay Area, you go to different street fairs and, and night markets and things, right? I do. Yeah, I do. And that all gets updated on your on your sites? Yeah, I usually have it all up on Instagram. So that's Okay. Awesome. Well, it would be really neat if you're local and you can go say hello to Kelly. If not, you can order her stuff and she'll send it to you with lots of love. Um, and I've enjoyed the products. I sent some stuff to my mom when she just had surgery recently. She has all kinds of really awesome things to choose from. Well, I just have a few questions for you at the end here for fun. What's one book that changed your life? Oh, I don't. So as you mentioned in the intro, but I um, do this, but I'm also a teacher. And so I'm an English teacher. So one book is really hard for me to choose. Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One book. Can I name more than one? Can I name a couple? Sure. Go for it. (laughs) From one book lover to another, I get it. (laughs) I'll just... I'll just name two. One that really changed my life when I was in college was The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Mm -hmm. Pollan. That's what got me really into being interested about food and what I put into my body. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just to shout out a Montessori book, Education and Peace by Maria Montessori, um, really changed my life in many ways too. So there's two. Cool. Thank you. And yeah, before you, I didn't know that Montessori Middle School was even a thing. In high school, believe it or not. Wow, so yeah. cool. <laughs> and then, um, Kelly, what's your favorite yoga pose? Ooh, um, that's also hard for me to pick one. I really like triangle, mm-hmm. um, but I also really love a good restorative bridge. Ah, nice. Yeah, I was thinking about you when you were talking about slowing down, and I knew your love of uh, restorative and how important it's been in your life. Yes. Um, yeah, recently, I love Recently, I think. <laughs> It really has been, yeah, in the past year through Be the Change. Um, oh, yeah, cool. that's where I teach and where Kelly and I know each other from. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. It's so true. I mean, I, working as a therapist in Silicon Valley is, is really kind of a trip because there's so much stress and so much pressure to achieve that restorative yeah. yoga is really sort of a radical act in this area of the world. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. And do you have a favorite quote? Oh, gosh. Um, You know, I don't know of my favorite of all time, but one that's really been on my mind a lot lately, which actually, I don't know if it's necessarily from him, but Scott from Be The Change in a yoga class, probably like, I don't know, five months or so ago, he said, uh, be a human being, not a human doing. Mm. And it's so simple. I don't know if it comes from something else, but ever since he said that, it really was probably like, I don't know, five or six months ago, I I don't know. I think about it all the time and my day-to-day, and it's a goal for me at all times is to be a human being, not a human doing. So awesome. Yeah, I've heard that quote as well. I don't know who to attribute it to, but it's a great thing to hold on to. Yes. It goes right along with that, slowing down and just letting the process unfold. 
a theme in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I love it. Well, I sure hope that everyone will check out your awesome products as well as be inspired to learn a little bit more about Mother Earth and all of her bounty. I sure have been greatly inspired by you. So I appreciate you taking the time to share about your path and all the information that you have about plants in the plant world. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I love that you call everybody plant babes on your um, <laughs> your newsletter and things as well, too. So yes, talk to you are- later, plant babe. Okay. Talk to you later, plant babe. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs>